0: Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our November heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. November's theme is Celebrating Gratitude, and thankfulness. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our kitchen table conversation today, my guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be talking about their special holiday release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Time for Christmas, 101 Tales of Holiday Joy, Love, and Gratitude. Good morning, Amy. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today?
1: I am great, and it's really fun to be on today to talk about our Christmas book, which is already a bestseller. I mean, congratulations! It came out <laughs> in October, which uh-huh. just seems so early for Christmas, and it's it, it's selling so well. It's it's really amazing how well it's selling. I think that it might partly be the cover design. I think people love this really <laughs> I love joyous, it. yeah, this smiling snowman and. It is a really pretty cover. I mean, a lot of people said to us, "This is one of the prettiest Christmas mm-hmm. books we've ever made." But you know, every year I think our Christmas book is amazing. Like, <laughs> I already have our I already have our cover made for our 2024 Christmas book. I mean, yeah, I'm wow. 13 months 13 months early for that one. But I already have that cover made, and that cover I love. So, anyway, yeah, this is this is already a huge bestseller.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Well, I have to tell you, the book is definitely wonderful to kick off the holiday season because the stories are very entertaining and inspiring. And not to mention, as you talk about the cover of the book, it's beautiful. And it's somehow, to me, it looks like a gift kind of thing. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. (laughs)
1: <laughs> totally it's definitely it definitely has a gift look, and you know what's cool about it, and I make sure I do this with every one of our Christmas books. yeah, I tell our graphic designer i I say to him, the book has to work as a Christmas decoration. it has to be so pretty and yeah. so Christmassy that a woman will put it up on her you know fireplace mantel or
2: right. pop it up
1: somewhere in her living room but she wants it to be part of her Christmas decor and that's right. what we do every year. And I think we have really, really accomplished that this year.
0: Yep. Yep. It certainly, definitely catch the eye, no doubt about it. So it's really, really wonderful. Well, coming back to you and chicken soup, how is chicken soup celebrating the holiday season?
1: Oh my gosh, we have so much going on. So besides this book, Time for Christmas, which, by the way, it's being carried by Walmart and Target and Kroger and a whole bunch of big-box stores <laughs> all across the country, um, You know, and Barnes and & Noble, of course, and Amazon, yeah. but it's everywhere. Um, so we have this book. We have our brand-new coloring book, our first coloring book that we've ever put out um, for adults, of course, not for children, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's called... Um, Angels and Miracles, and it is beautiful. If you go on Amazon, you'll see a rave video review of it by somebody who is um, like a coloring book blogger. You know, he's a real expert on coloring books, and he posted a rave review. Um, Yeah, so this coloring book is really cool because in most coloring books, you color on the right side, Mm-hmm. So if you open up a book, you know, there's the left page and there's the right page. For right. most coloring books, the coloring is on the right page, and there's not much on the left page. Sometimes it's pretty empty on the left. Mm-hmm. But what we did, because we can, is we put a full Chicken Soup for the Soul story on the left page.
2: Oh. And then the,
1: image, the image you color on the right side goes with the story. So it's a really Mm -hmm. wonderful experience. I think think there's like, I don't know, maybe (laughs) three dozen coloring pages and almost all of them are accompanied by a full Chicken Soup for the Soul story. And if there's not a full Chicken Soup for the Soul story, then there's like a big excerpt from a story. Mm
2: -hmm, So it's mm -hmm. a
1: beautiful, beautiful coloring book. So we're really excited about that as a fabulous, gift. You know, you pair that yeah,
2: with yeah.
1: a big box of great colored pencils. Maybe you buy the Angels and Miracles book <laughs> that the coloring book grew out of. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's really wonderful. So we have that. We have our Christmas book. We have our Angels and Miracles coloring book. We also have a new book called Angels and the Miraculous, which is a really great book um, mm-hmm. filled with, you know, just stories that will wow you. And then, you know, we have our pet food business, and our pet food business has fabulous, high-quality treats for dogs. Mm -hmm. So they come in a really nice little um, pouch, and they're like the perfect stocking stuffers for dogs um, or like a great gift to bring to someone's house. If they have a dog, you bring, you know, a bag of treats Mm -hmm. for their dog. And then we have holiday movies, Chicken Soup for the whole Entertainment which is a, you know, major, uh, streamer. We have, you know, these streaming services. We have, uh, the chicken soup for the soul streaming service, crackle streaming service, popcorn flick streaming service. These are all (laughs) free streaming services where you can watch television shows and movies. And we have lots of great holiday movies available. So, um, I remember watching a bunch of them last Christmas and really enjoying them. <laughs> so anyway, we have a lot of stuff going on to celebrate the holiday season.
0: Fantastic. That sounds really good. But I think the number one question everybody wants to know is, did you make it onto Santa's nice list this year?
1: <laughs> I would say that I did because this Chicken Soup for His Old Time for Christmas book is selling mm-hmm. so well. And that would have been my, my biggest ask of Santa's, to have my latest <laughs> Christmas book do well. So I must have done something right this year.
0: There you go. Awesome. That's really wonderful. I figured I have like about 10 months, you know, to be naughty, and then the last two months to crash and be very nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how it works.
0: <laughs> well, can you clarify the term Santa Safe?
1: Oh, yeah. So we put that on most of our books. Um, What that means is that we do not destroy the magic of Christmas for kids. And so um, every story that involves Santa is a safe story for a child to read or have read to him or her uh, because we – don't divulge anything that would destroy the magic of Santa. I'll mm-hmm. say, say it that way obliquely in case a child is listening.
0: Fantastic. That sounds really wonderful. How about the stories themselves? What are the holiday stories uh, in the book?
1: Oh, we have a whole bunch of Thanksgiving stories
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because that's really when the season starts. Right. Um, so we have a bunch of stories about Thanksgiving, you know, like turkey disasters and um, <laughs> finding, your, finding your attitude of gratitude in time for Thanksgiving, which hopefully carries through the whole season, family issues, all that stuff. And then we go to Christmas and then we go to New Year's. Mm-hmm. So we cover those three major holidays. Most of our Christmas books have Hanukkah stories in them also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this particular one, Time for Christmas. I was kind of surprised. I went searching through it and I realized, oh, we don't have any Hanukkah stories in here. But if you are looking for Hanukkah stories, um, I think almost every other one of our so-called Christmas books, Mm -hmm. you know, really Mm -hmm. does have Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And our
1: webmaster could tell you which books do have (laughs) Hanukkah stories in them also. This one, for some reason, just doesn't. I mean, what we do is we pick the best stories. Sure. And then we see how it all shakes out. So we just didn't have any Hanukkah stories in this particular
0: book. Right, right. Well, the book itself is wonderful. Regardless of whatever celebration you're doing, the main thing is that it is sure to inspire you. And the most important thing, gives you a bunch of laughter. That's the whole idea.
1: <laughs> oh, Put yeah. joy in your This book, this your book heart. is going to make you feel that Christmas spirit or that holiday spirit.
0: There you go.
1: There it's you definitely go. a way to... Jumpstart start, your excitement <laughs> about the holidays, and mm-hmm. also, you know, it contains some good lessons about, like, relaxing a bit, and you know, right. you don't have to be perfect for the holidays, right. you know, right. so, so we, um, <laughs> and we also have some great gift ideas in these stories, mm-hmm. um, very good strategies for getting your family together, for getting the right gifts, for making mm-hmm. gifts meaningful, um, just for how to navigate this whole November to December to January holiday season in the best possible manner.
0: There you go. No doubt about it. Well, the one thing I really like is that the royalty for this book goes to the United States Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tot program. Can you tell us the other chicken soup books in 2023 that have their royalties benefiting other nonprofits?
1: Oh, sure. We always pick a few books each year um, where we're going to use royalties to support, you know, a very good nonprofit organization. So in 2023, we also supported um, the American American Humane, which is the oldest animal Mm -hmm. welfare organization in the United States. And I don't know, maybe the world also. I'm not sure, but it's something like 150 years old. And um, they do such great work. They um, they support shelters. They help out. um, They help protect animals and rescue animals during um, natural disasters like um, wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes. Uh, They do um, certification of animal welfare for movies and television shows. They certify zoos and aquariums, so that if they've certified a zoo or aquarium, you know that it's run properly for Mm -hmm. the best possible welfare of the animals. So um, Lessons Learned from My Dog, which came out in January of 2023, and Lessons Learned from My Cat, which came out in February. Both (laughs) of those help support American Humane. And then, of course, our past books that have charities earmarked for receiving royalties. As long as those books keep selling, those charities keep receiving money. It's not just the year that the books come out. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. we probably wrote checks to a dozen different nonprofits in 2023.
0: Fantastic. That sounds really wonderful, truly wonderful. It's a perfect time to mention that during this holiday season of giving. And so that's really wonderful. Well, please share with us the various chapters covered in this beautiful book, Time for Christmas. I know we kind of mentioned a little bit here and there in general about the various stories like Thanksgiving and stuff like that, but let's dive into the various chapters because I thought they are wonderful.
1: So chapter one is called Christmas Miracles, and there's some really cool stories in this chapter about just like great things that happened to people that weren't expected or amazing coincidences. And then chapter two is called tales of the tree because everybody's got their great stories about the Christmas tree. (laughs) Chapter three is called feeling that Christmas spirit. And it's about really wonderful things that happened when people showed their humanity to each other, you know, during the holiday season. Chapter four is a really fun chapter called holiday hijinks. And it's about, um, basically funny things that happen to people, even if they didn't seem funny at the time, they're definitely funny. When we maybe <laughs> tell the story later. Uh, chapter five is called the perfect gift. And it's about, you know, stories that really come from the heart. Um, chapter six is called family fun. And again, a lot of funny stories and, um, You know, it's just very entertaining. Chapter Mm -hmm. 7 is called Gratitude and Grace, and it's about, you know, feeling gratitude, using your thankfulness during the holidays. And the grace part of it has to do with, you know, giving yourself grace, giving other people, friends and family grace, you know, forgiveness. And then Chapter 8 is called Holiday Angels, and it's about people doing wonderful things for each other. Chapter 9 is called The Joy of Giving, which, of course, is a wonderful reminder for all of us that really what we love best about the holidays is the giving, not the receiving. Mm
2: -hmm. Chapter
1: 10 is called Around the Table. It's, of course, getting around the table for all (laughs) these holidays is super important. And then Chapter 11 is called Four-Legged Family Members. And it's about the dogs and cats and how they celebrate the holidays because they definitely get extremely involved in all of the holiday gatherings, seeing all the people, mm-hmm. eating the food, or stealing the food, or <laughs> stealing the gifts,
0: or wrecking the gifts.
1: But you know all the all the good things that dogs and cats do during the holidays and some of the naughty things they do also. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. That's really wonderful. Does the holiday season bring out the best in people, you think? I think that
1: it does. I mean, I think that most people just can't help but feel a sense of togetherness and excitement and warmth during the holidays. But, of course, the holidays can bring out the worst in people also if there are stressors already. (laughs) between family members or friends. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're getting together with people for the holidays who maybe you haven't seen for a long time, or you only see them during the holidays, or there's unresolved issues. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's that as well. But I think in general, it brings out the best in people. That's my experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's life is a roller coaster, but then... For some reason, when it arrives right at the table on Thanksgiving and going forward for the next five weeks or so, I think it changes the dynamics. And the beauty of it, I guess, people tend to look through the lens of love, more so at that time. So that's beautiful. Well, let's dive into the book. I love the book. So let's talk about Chapter 1 and the story Uh, for chapter one, the title of the chapter is Christmas Miracles. And I love this story right here in the nick of time by Susan Malta.
1: Yeah. So we always try to make sure that we pay attention to our military service members who are serving us and often serve during the holidays. And we want to make sure that we call them out for that, you know, and recognize them for that. So um, this Christmas miracle Um, from Susan Mulder happened on Christmas Eve. So Susan was married to a military pilot and his coming and going was pretty unpredictable. And she had learned that even when he thought he was getting home for the holidays, it didn't always work up. You know, things were always coming up like missions would change or travel plans would be altered or a trip that was supposed to take days would take weeks. So, she was a little optimistic, though, because her husband left on a mission the day after Thanksgiving, and it was only supposed to last four to six days. So she thought that she had a chance that he really would be home for Christmas a whole month later. But they went and got the Christmas tree early just to be safe. so he did that with her before he left. And then she dove into single parenting, so she couldn't go Christmas shopping. She couldn't bake. But then after he wasn't home for two after two weeks, She knew she was in trouble because, remember, it was supposed to be four to six days. So she got Mm -hmm. a neighbor to watch her youngest child, and she got summer Christmas shopping done. And then as December went on, she got a couple of calls indicating her husband might be on his way, but she did not tell her kids because she knew not to risk disappointing them. So she went ahead and she did everything. She did the baking. She made a gingerbread house. She got all the gifts in. And then on Christmas Eve morning, the phone rang, and it was her husband letting her know that he truly would be home, but she still didn't tell her kids. So they had their normal Christmas Eve, but without their dad. And then the kids got in their pajamas, and they were going to read the night before Christmas. They were sitting at the table eating dinner, and Susan still hadn't said a word to them. But she could see the front door through the kitchen window, and there was her husband, still wearing his flight suit, and he put his finger up to his lips, you know, to tell her, "Don't tell the kids." <laughs> and then he snuck into the house and surprised the kids. And there was just so much joy, and it, you know, that story just brings tears to my eyes. It's just, it's just such such a warm story and such a reminder to us of what about what our military members do for us. So I actually made that. Um, the first story and the whole book because I thought it was so important.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's interesting whereby there's so much noise, for lack of a better term, out there that we are not focused on the individual families and so forth and what they're truly actually going through on a day-to-day basis. And in this case, days, weeks, months, and so forth. And I really appreciate the fact that you did that and I in total concurrence with you (laughs) as far as the the spirit of the story uh, that that goes uh, with that. So no doubt about it. And by the way, uh, do you have a story that that you like in this chapter? Yeah,
1: you know, there's a story from one of our um, former editors, Jamie Cahill. Mm -hmm. And uh, she lives in my town, so this happened in my town. Um, So Jamie's story is about the fact that um, her grandmother had a stroke at age 97, so, you know, very old. Wow. And uh, Jamie, yeah, Jamie and her oldest child drove from Connecticut to Pennsylvania to see her and to say their goodbyes because she wasn't going to make it. And um, on the drive, Jamie shared with her daughter – some of the chicken soup for the soul stories that she'd read um, from people who had some kind of ongoing connection with a loved one after the loved one died. And Mm -hmm. her daughter got really excited and said to her great grandmother when they were visiting her to say goodbye, she said to her great grandmother, send us a sign when you're gone, a sign that you're with us. So then months went by after her grandmother's death and, Jamie said that her daughter kept asking if there had been any signs and she regretted telling her daughter anything about all these amazing chicken soup and soul stories that created this expectation in her daughter's mind. And then uh, 10 months later, Christmas arrived. But, you know, it wasn't as good because grandmother wasn't there. But Jamie hosted 30 people for dinner on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, she was exhausted. So her husband took the kids to his parents who lived nearby, and Jamie went for a walk and then brought in the mail that had been delivered on Christmas Eve because she hadn't had time to bring it in the day before. Well, the top piece of mail on this big stack of cards was an envelope that was clearly written in her grandmother's distinctive handwriting, and Jamie opened it up, it was her grandmother's hand-painted Christmas card, which she sent every year, and there was a message in it from her grandmother, and Jamie realized it was her grandmother's Christmas card from the prior year. They hadn't gotten it the prior year, and it was postmarked a year earlier, but her grandmother had made a slight mistake in filling out the address, so maybe it went to a neighbor's house or something, and the neighbor put it in the mailbox on Christmas Eve or... It went back to the post office and the postman put it in the mailbox Christmas Eve. But anyway, that Christmas card from Jamie's grandmother arrived on Christmas Eve 10 months after her death, a year after she mailed the card. And um, it was a nice little Christmas for Jamie and her family.
0: You don't say that's really awesome. I mean, that's definite <laughs> miracle to have something like that. Wow. That's truly amazing. I love this chapter. Like I say, I guess, you know, maybe there's some magic about miracles happening. One of the stories that I really like in this chapter uh, is the title. The story title is the Christmas diamond by Candy Allen Bauer. And this is a beautiful one too. Oh,
1: this was an amazing story. So, Candy always loved the rings that her mother wore, and they were rings that had been passed down through the, through the generations and were really the only items of value that the women in her family
0: ever had because
1: these people did not have a lot of money. Um, and so Candy, when she was a teenager, used to beg her mother to let her wear the rings, but her mother never did. Until one day when Candy was 17 and going on a date, her mother said that she could wear the rings on her date, and she also told Candy that she had filed for divorce that day from Candy's abusive father. They had been married for 23 years, and her mother had had it. Well, that night, while Candy was on her date, her father, who was angry over the filing for divorce, came back to their house, killed Candy's mother and brother, also shot her sister, who survived, and shot himself. Candy wasn't home. She was out on the date. So she was safe. So she wore her mother's rings every single day for the next 17 years. And then she was at work and she was decorating the Christmas tree for the office, and she looked down and saw that the center stone, the center diamond, was missing from one of her mother's rings. And she searched everywhere for that diamond for three days. She went through the whole room where she'd been decorating. She retraced her steps, but the stone never turned up, and so she accepted that it was gone forever. Then after Christmas, she took down all the decorations. She put them away. She dragged that Christmas tree. It was an artificial Christmas tree um, back across the property where she worked to this outdoor storage building that was maybe 50 yards away from the office area. And then the next Christmas season rolled around. And so Candy went and got that artificial tree out of the storage area and got all the decorations, dragged everything across the parking lot again, back to the main building where the office was, put the tree up, and decorated it. And while she was doing that, she thought about her mother and the rings and missing diamond. And she kind of apologized to her mother for losing her diamond. And then all of a sudden, she felt this cold come over her, and the skin on her arms broke out in goosebumps. And then this sparkle caught her eye and it was the missing diamond it was sitting there on one of the tree branches, the diamond she had lost a year earlier and searched everywhere for on the tree that had been put up, decorated, then dragged back across the parking lot to the storage building, then sat in the storage, then dragged back to the office again and put up again a year later. The diamond was sitting on one of the tree branches. So that was really an amazing miracle.
0: It is. I, I, you know, when, that's the thing when I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the stories are truly fascinating. I, it's just that we need it right now, actually. The funny thing about it in today's world, the chaos that we're going through, <laughs> we need some really wonderful miracle stories like that, that uh, that's really uplifting. No doubt about it. So I really love that. Chapter two, Tales of the Tree. And this story is really cool. The Christmas Tree Kitty by H.M. Forrest.
1: So she wrote a story about her cat who loved Christmas trees. And they didn't realize this until they put up the tree one year and They searched everywhere for the cat, and then they found the cat lying beneath the tree. And that cat, Zorro, spent the rest (laughs) of the holiday season under that tree. Well, then a few weeks after Christmas, she wanted to put the tree away, and Zorro looked so upset. He just looked at her with this pleading look in his eyes. But they were moving, so she had no choice. The tree had to come down. And that cat clung to the tree skirt with his claws. You know, he just didn't want to give up the tree. And then he was mad at her for the rest of the day. He wouldn't even accept any treats from her. And he glared at his human family for the next few weeks. But then they moved. And then eventually Christmas rolled around at their new home. And they brought out the tree box from the storage shed. And that cat, his eyes grew huge. He was so excited when he saw her carrying the tree box into the living room. And then he sat there while they put up the tree. And then he went under the tree. And that cat became a permanent part of their holiday decor. He was always under the tree. So <laughs> they weren't moving that year. So they ended up leaving the tree up through Easter. Because they just couldn't bear to take it down. Because Zoro loved it so much. <laughs>
0: It's a wonderful, cute story. It reminded me of my dog, Pilly, when I was growing up. And he's got an attitude with my mom when he doesn't like anything that my mom do. He'll just like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. That cold shoulder thing, you know. And believe it or not, the pets are really into those kind of things. It's amazing. And for Pilly, he forgets that he's a dog. (laughs) He's part of the family.
1: Oh yeah, they're definitely holiday participants. They're very much part of everything.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. How about chapter three? What are, what is the favorite story that you like in chapter three?
1: Well, this is a story that it's just amazing. I mean, they could make a movie about this story. It's from Leslie <laughs> Coller, and it's an amazing story about using forgiveness and humanity during the holidays, and it happened to her father during World War II. Her father was a gunner and then a co-pilot on a B-17 based out of England. And he was on a mission, and his crew was dropping these huge bales of anti-Hitler leaflets over Stuttgart, Germany. But unfortunately, they were hit by anti-aircraft guns, and so they had to make an emergency landing, In the forest, the plane was destroyed, but the crew survived, although a couple of the men were badly hurt. It was was winter, and there was a lot of snow on the ground, so they used a hatch door to make a sled they could pull for the injured men to lie on. And then they set off planning to walk to Switzerland. But things didn't go well, and after two days, their captain decided that Maybe their best prospect for survival was to be captured by the Germans and sent to a POW camp. That was going to be the only way they could save the injured men. So the next day, after their captain made this decision, they came across a German patrol. And Leslie's dad and the captain told the men to drop their weapons and surrender to the Germans. But at the exact same moment, the Germans tried to surrender to them. So they were all standing there with their hands in the air, (laughs) looking at each other, trying to surrender to each other. So both sides spoke a little French. And so using French and some German, the two sides worked out a truce. And it was five days before Christmas, and they had maybe 100 miles left to get to the Swiss border. So they decided that they would walk to Switzerland together, helping each other out. And... They decided that if they came across um, Germans, then the Americans would surrender. But if if they came across Americans or British, then the Germans would surrender. And so they walked and walked and walked and walked. And on Christmas Day, they made it to Switzerland. And the Americans escorted the Germans to a British POW camp where they were given food and medical care. And the Americans actually visited the Germans in the POW camp uh, while they were still in the area. And then after the war, Leslie's dad and the captain and several of the other Americans maintained a lifelong friendship with the Germans. And they visited each other. And, you know, they were all veterans together. Um, Because I guess these Germans had basically been shanghaied into serving... You know, Hitler's goals
2: mm-hmm. weren't
1: necessarily in favor of them. They just had to do it or else they would have been killed. Uh, and so it ended up that the German side and the American side, they all became friends and were friends for decades after that.
0: What a beautiful story. Perfect for this past Veterans Day celebration. And not only that, I, you know, with all the chaos that's going on right now, this is what we need looking through the lens of love. I mean, it's amazing, truly amazing story. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mix Club, Pod Chaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our November Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazines at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for today is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. This morning's kitchen table conversation is about their special holiday release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Time for Christmas, 101 Tales of Holiday Joy love and gratitude fantastic book y'all you need to get a copy of it it's already a bestseller and i guarantee you whoever you give this book to will love it amy chapter four i love this chapter holiday hijinks and the story that i really like is dinner to go by laurie gorario Secco. so yeah
1: this is uh one of those cautionary tales because <laughs> Um, this is something that I used to do also before I moved and got uh, a bigger refrigerator. Um, So, you know, we love Turkey disaster stories because (laughs) everybody has Turkey disasters, right? And at the time that they're happening, they don't seem so funny, but then later they seem very funny. So Lori tells us that she was at her mom's house the day before Thanksgiving and she was making side dishes and stuffing and her famous banana split cake. Um, And it was nice and cold. So they were using the garage as a second refrigerator. And so they put everything as they finished cooking it on the trunk of her parents' car, which I used to do that. So I totally get that. I, I always had a car covered with dishes and platters for Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. So anyway, um, They made a bunch of side dishes, and Lori helped her mother get this 23-pound turkey ready. They washed it in salt water, and they put it in a roasting pan. And then they put it out in the garage on the trunk of the car with everything else ready to cook, you know, the next day. Mm -hmm. And when Lori's dad came in and said he had to go to the store, Lori and her mom didn't pay any attention. They just kept working. A few hours later, when they finished the stuffing, Lori carried it to the garage to put on the car, and the car wasn't there. But all the food they had put on the trunk of the car wasn't there either. And the car had been backed into the garage. So, like, or no, it was in front ways right into the garage. So her, her father had to see all the food on was it the trunk or the hood. No, he backed it in. It was on the trunk. Her father had backed the car in. All the food was on the trunk. He got in the car and didn't even notice that he had walked by all these dishes and platters and the 23-pound turkey sitting on the car. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. So Lori got in her car and drove three miles down the road looking for the turkey and the other dishes, and she found a bunch of the side dishes that she and her mother had made. But there was no sign of the turkey or the roasting pan. She thought, okay, maybe her father had at least noticed the turkey and put it inside the car. Well, Lori and her many sisters and her mother were all in shock. How could her dad have been so clueless? Anyway, an hour later, their father pulled into the driveway, walked into the kitchen, holding the only thing he had been able to retrieve. He did have the turkey in the roasting pan, but it had flown off the car, Nine miles from their house. It lasted all that time. So the turkey was, like, covered with gravel and stuff. So they plucked the gravel from the turkey, gave it another saltwater bath, cleaned it all up, and they made all the side dishes over again, made the banana split cake over again. And her father claims that it wasn't his fault because he has five daughters and he just lives in a fog all the time. So I just thought that was a really funny story.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's family Thanksgiving, (laughs) y'all.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have a story that you like in this chapter?
1: Yeah. um, There's a really fun story from Rose Hofer. Mm -hmm. And so she was one of seven kids. So the holidays were always pretty chaotic. And the kids were really bad in that their mother would have presents under the tree and then the kids would be, you know, practically unwrapping them. Like there was way too much meddling with the wrapped gifts under the tree. And so her mother came up with a new system. Instead of putting their names on the gift labels, her mother put code names. So every Christmas she would make up code names with a different theme, like one year it was Harry Potter characters and another year it was candy bars or sodas or TV show characters or planets. And so the kids would look at the gifts and see the code names and try to figure out, okay, who's, you know, who's Mars, who's Venus, that kind of thing. So they still would try to deduce what the gifts were. Like there were twin brothers, so if they saw two presents that seemed to be the same. They thought they might be for the brothers or if there were a few that were identical they would conclude that they were either for the boys or the girls. So they spent a lot of time trying to analyze these. And their mother would just sit and watch them trying to figure out, you know, who had which code name and she would just laugh at them. <laughs> and then on Christmas day, she would tell everybody what their code names were and then they would finally get to open their gifts and see how well they had guessed. So I just thought that was really cute.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's a great idea to kind of add a little bit more mystery to the gifts. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Like I tell you, I love this chapter, Holiday Hijinks, and one of the stories that I thought was really, really cool, and it so happens that I happen to remember watching the comedy Four Christmases a few years back. And so uh, this is a wonderful story. The title of the story is The Separation by David Hall.
1: Yeah, so this story is going to appeal to parents of grown children who, you know, often, <laughs> often experience the heartbreak of not having those children come home for the holidays because sometimes the children have to alternate years with the in-laws. You know, they have to share. Mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. the parents are divorced, so mom gets the kids one year, dad gets the kids the other year. Sometimes the kids just live far away and can't afford the money or the time off from work to fly home. Like my daughter is a doctor. Sometimes she can't come home because she has to work, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, these things happen. So David Hall tells us that his mother was in that situation where he had moved all the way to the other side of the state and his sister had moved across the country. And so, both kids had missed Christmas the year before and their mother was not happy. And they also missed Easter. So his mother called him that year, the weekend before Thanksgiving, and she said something about how she and David's father had decided on a separation. She was kind of vague, but she definitely <laughs> said they had decided on a separation. And David was, He had no idea there was something wrong with their marriage. And then he got these frantic text messages from his sister. So his mom had called his sister also. So David rushed to his laptop, booked a last minute flight home the day before Thanksgiving, which is like the worst travel day (laughs) in the whole year and the most expensive, right? And his sister did too. And they met at the airport and they rented a car and then rushed to their parents' house. And when they got there, the windows were lit, everything was decorated. Um, There were pumpkins lining the front steps. And David's father was really surprised to see them. And then David said, well, mom called about the separation. And that's when his father was like, oh, Uh, you talk to your mother about that. I am not getting involved. I have to mind my own business because she said she would only make pumpkin pie if I stayed out of this. And I want pumpkin pie. And that's when David's mom confessed. That she was basically lying. She had all these different salt and pepper salt and pepper shakers with like <laughs> holiday themes, and she had decided to separate the Thanksgiving themed salt and pepper shakers and give one to each child. So she just totally lied to them, but she got them <laughs> home, and they learned a lesson from that that they should go home more regularly for the holidays, which they started
0: doing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And that's the other part of it. That's family Thanksgiving right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Chapter 5, The Perfect Gift. This is beautiful. Bright and Shiny by Lisa Peters.
1: So this is about how one year Lisa was hinting to her husband about potential gifts that she would like. Like there was a necklace she had seen and there were some books she wanted from Barnes & Noble But under the Christmas tree was this large box, beautifully wrapped. That was unusual for her husband to, like, wrap a gift. (laughs) He normally presented his gifts, you know, in the shopping bags that they came in. So Christmas morning, she easily opened that present. And it was not books from Barnes & Noble. It was not the necklace that she had hinted about. It was a calendar, a beautiful, shiny calendar. But still, a colander. And her husband was so pleased with himself. And he said, I know you need one. And this one looks so pretty when I saw it, I thought of you. And it was then that Lisa realized how fortunate she was because he had listened and he had heard her say that she needed a colander for washing lettuce, for draining spaghetti. And he had gone out and looked for the nicest colander. that he could find. And she realized that this really was the perfect gift from the heart, from her very thoughtful husband.
0: There you go. Hooray for us guys. (laughs) Wonderful. Is there a story here that you like?
1: So there's another story I think that could give um, stressed out people like an alternate path to gift giving (laughs) by Meryl Crabtree. And it's called the joy of simpler gift giving. So she had read a bunch of articles about alternative gift giving as a way of taking stress out of the holidays.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: she engaged her entire extended family in an email discussion about this. And they decided that they would do it, that they would, um, make like simple gifts for each other instead of going out and doing all of that stressful, expensive Christmas shopping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they boiled it down to three categories. You could give a family photograph from the past that came with a special memory, you maybe write something about the special memory, you know, to go with the gift of the framed photo. You could go to your own bookshelf and find a book that you thought would be perfect for the person you were giving it to. Or you could make a special card, although um, her son wanted to make pottery, so he diverged from those three allowed categories, and he made pottery. So Meryl says that as the days between Thanksgiving and Christmas passed, she had this whole new spaciousness and lightness to her calendar for the holiday season because she didn't have to make endless lists of gifts, and she didn't have to trip through the stores or online looking for things for her family. So she was way more excited about Christmas. And everybody had a great time opening their gifts. And she said it just felt like such freedom, freedom from the tyranny of gift buying. Not that giving a new book, like a Chicken Soup for the Soul book, wouldn't be a wonderful, stress-free way of giving a Christmas (laughs) gift also, because that would be a very stress-free way. We have like 300 different titles Every possible topic you could
0: think of, and that's also very stressful. That's wonderful. That really is. But it's a definitely new way of looking at things, and that's beautiful. It's very creative, no doubt about that. Chapter six is wonderful. Family fun, and believe it or not, this is really, really, really funny. <laughs> Merry Christmas! I broke into your house by Tali Mosley.
1: So Tali and her husband, you know, were like new in their marriage, didn't have a lot of Christmas decorations yet. Um, They hosted her family for the first time in their house instead of going to her parents' house. And um, they put up a humble little Christmas tree and whatever ornaments they had. They didn't have that many. Um, But they did their best with what they had because, you know, you accumulate Christmas decorations (laughs) over time. And then the next day, Tali's parents arrived along with her Aunt Frances, who was known for being a bit wacky. Aunt Frances didn't have a lot of money, but she loved to pick up gifts for her family at thrift shops and not always the best stuff. So she came with a trash bag filled with finds from Goodwill. And uh, Aunt Frances really didn't like the way that Tally and her husband had decorated their home. She said there was no Christ child. They didn't have any angels on the Christmas tree. Um, She just felt like this was all wrong. Well, the next day, Christmas Day, Tally and her husband went off to his parents to spend Christmas Day with him, with, with his family. They returned the day after Christmas. And they discovered that somebody had been in their house. There was this wreath on the front door covered with tinsel and these bleeding Jesus candles. When they walked inside the house, their tree had been completely redecorated with really trashy, tasteless decorations. (laughs) And like decorations that had other people's names on them, like names of nobody in their families. They were just awful, these horrible, ugly, tacky decorations and then they found the evidence on the floor a goodwill receipt and they realized that their aunt frances had basically vandalized their christmas decor she had snuck into their house and redecorated everything
0: <laughs> it's funny it's uh i don't know i guess it's a gift from the heart in a way
1: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it was It was pretty funny. It made for a great story, so I was happy.
0: (laughs) Chapter 7, Gratitude and Grace, is the title of the chapter, and this is really wonderful. Finding Five by Helen Weldo.
1: Yes, so Helen um, was a kindergarten teacher, and in educating her kindergarten students about being thankful, she ended up educating herself as well. And so she talks about how she um, used candy corns to have the children name five things for which they were thankful. Each child got five candy corns and then named five things that they were grateful for. And so Helen got inspired and she started listing five things she was grateful for in her daily journal. And then she realized that she could go beyond this. She started to feel a little selfish because all she was focusing on was what was making her happy. And she decided that maybe she should reach out and try to create five blessings a day in other people's lives. And so that's what she did. She started doing favors for her kindergarten teacher colleagues. Um, She just started doing things for other people and that made her even happier than just listing the things that she was grateful for so I thought that was a really good lesson. You know, we all talk about gratitude, lists, mm-hmm. But she yes. combined it with doing good deeds.
0: Right, right. That's beautiful. I love it because I think it teaches so much to the kids at the very beginning. And so, perfect. Well, let's go to Chapter 9, The Joy of Giving, Tender Mercies by Karen Foster.
1: So this is another story that reminds us of our military service members who are serving us during the holidays and their families are serving us also because they might be away and then their spouse is home, maybe their children, keeping the home fires going. And so the whole family really needs to be honored. So in this case, Karen tells us that her husband was not going to be home for Christmas, but she was determined that her six-year-old son would get a new bike He had two wishes. One was to see his father for Christmas and the other was to get a new bike. So she bought a bike in parts and she had to put it together. And it was 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And she was already dealing with so much. I mean, her son was so upset about her husband being deployed and he had been bringing his favorite stuffed animal to school even though it wasn't allowed. But then she had gone and talked to the teacher and the teacher had realized how scared her son was that his father wouldn't come back, so she made an exception and allowed him to bring his favorite stuffed animal to school. So Karen thought about that and how people were helping her and her family. She finally got the bike together after working on it for a couple of hours. So at one in the morning, she had finally done it, and she had completed all of her Christmas gifts for her two young children by herself. And I just thought it was a really good reminder to us of what these military
0: spouses go through. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the story, and that's why I selected I think it's a beautiful way of acknowledging the veterans for what they do and so forth. Chapter 10, this is really funny. This is another Thanksgiving, beautiful Thanksgiving story. Around the Table, Phantoms Thanksgiving by Kevin Wetmore.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, turkey disaster stories about <laughs> cats and dogs also. So mm. in Kevin's case, um, they had this cat named Phantom, who was really good at stealing food. Um, and uh, this was Kevin's and his wife's first Thanksgiving away from home. So they had a Friendsgiving. So they worked really hard preparing the turkey and a dozen side dishes They kept shooing the cat out of the kitchen. They finally just put him in the bedroom and closed the door. But then after dinner, you know, they were done. And so they forgot to keep the cat locked up in the bedroom. And they came out. Uh, Kevin heard this noise in the kitchen. And he came out and realized the bedroom door was open a crack. And he came into the kitchen, and there was the cat sitting inside the turkey carcass, eating all around himself. So Kevin yelled at the cat that the cat didn't move. He just sat there and kept eating. So that was the end of their Thanksgiving leftovers. Um, but at least they made it through Thanksgiving before the cat ate the turkey.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. It's It's laughable. There are really some really, really wonderful stories in this book. Well, chapter 11, what is your story that you really like in this book.
1: Okay, this is a really cool story. This is about (laughs) a dog named Bailey, a Labrador Retriever. So this dog, you know, always had his own Christmas stocking every year. But anyways, um, his human family never saw the plush toys after Christmas. So they assumed that he had just torn them up and destroyed them. Mm -hmm. And then when Bailey was six, all of a sudden Christmas changed for him because his humans brought a baby into the house. So Bailey was kind of sulking about that. The first thing he did was steal the baby's Christmas stocking. He knew which Christmas stockings belonged to his human parents and which belonged to the baby, and he only took the baby's stocking. And so uh, that went outside into his dog run, and they had to retrieve it. And then after Christmas, Melody's sister asked if she had liked her Christmas gift, and Melody thought, a Christmas gift. I don't remember a gift from my sister. Well, her sister had left it in Melody's house, and she said there had been something for the dog in the package, too. So Melody called home, asked her husband to look for the gift, and he went outside and crawled inside Bailey's really nice doghouse, which was like a two-room dog house, and he found the wrapping paper and the box (laughs) from her sister's gift He found the gifts that had been inside the box. And while he was in the doghouse, Bailey had decorated the doghouse with all of their extra decorations that they had had in the laundry room. And every plush toy they'd given him for the last six years for Christmas, all those plush toys were perfectly unharmed and lined up along the wall of the doghouse. So this dog had actually decorated for the holidays.
0: There you go. (laughs) <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Wonderful. Well, Amy, what wonderful recipe for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning?
1: Well, I would say three ingredients for this recipe mm-hmm. for, for living, for getting through the holidays. One is to definitely pay attention to your gratitude and remember to be thankful for everything that you have. Another thing is to use the power of forgiveness to release yourself from the ridiculous resentment and stress you get from holding on to, you know, these past grievances. Just let them go. They happened in the past. They belong behind you, not in front of you. And then finally, relax. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's more important who's sitting around the table than what's on the table. And so that's what I would do to make this a happier holiday season.
0: Just beautiful. That's really beautiful. Amy, thank you for the great recipes, for living, and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Wednesday morning, November 29th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Teresa Velarde. Teresa is an author, speaker, editor, publisher, coach, and potter. Her transformational journey began in 1999 when she decided to leave an abusive marriage and an unfulfilling position in corporate America. Teresa and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, A Daily Gift of Hope, from her very successful A Daily Gift book series. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. A very happy Thanksgiving and holiday season to you, your family, and the chicken soup family.
1: Thank you so much. Same to you and your listeners.
0: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.